The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello everyone and welcome to an earlier episode of Falato on Football coming to you a little early here on Big Blue View Radio. I am the host, Nicholas Falato, and we have to talk about this Carson Wentz trade that finally materialized. It finally happened, and who would have known? He ends up going to the Indianapolis Colts to play with his former offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, who is the head coach there. I expounded on this a little bit on Valentine's Views with Ed Valentine, your very own. Everyone loves him. But now I'm going to pontificate and bloviate a little bit more about this trade, about this shipping of a former second overall pick, a former possible MVP back in 2017, where he was on pace to throw for well over 4,000 yards, had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, secured a first round bye, secured home field advantage throughout the playoffs, where Nick Foles ended up taking the Philadelphia Eagles to the promised land, winning that Super Bowl against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. But if it wasn't for Carson Wentz, let's not forget, if it was not for Carson Wentz, the Philadelphia Eagles never get there. Remember how windy it was against Atlanta in Philadelphia when the Eagles defeated them in the divisional round of the playoffs. Game's not there. Atlanta might have been able to win that game. Because remember, Atlanta was once a good team. The year before, they went to the Super Bowl. But that's neither here And that's neither there. So let's go on about this trade. Wentz is shipped to Indianapolis for a 2021 third round pick and a conditional 2022 second round pick, which is going to be contingent on if Wentz plays more than 75% of the Colts' 2021 snaps. That second becomes a first. Or if he plays 70% of the snaps, and leads the Colts to the playoffs, then that second becomes the first. Now, that is important. These stipulations are important because Wentz has a proclivity to get injured. It's also important because if Wentz struggles early on, the Colts can be like, well, you know what? We're going to bench you. We're going to play Jacoby Brissett, and we're not going to give the Eagles a first-round pick. You can limit Wentz even if he's healthy and struggling, which we saw in 2020. He ended up getting benched, but there was no trade, obviously, that was involved with that decision. But I like this deal for the Indianapolis Colts. For the Eagles, not so much, but the Eagles had to get out of this contract. So you have to at least look at it from the standpoint of the situation that Howie Roseman and this front office was in. Now, as a Giants fan, as somebody who covers the Giants, if you would have told me back in 2017 that Carson Wentz was going to exit his time with the Philadelphia Eagles after signing a massive contract with this 
type of tumultuous situation with the disturbance that was going on reportedly in that locker room with the head coach, with the general manager, I would have been pretty happy about it, to be honest, because it seemed like the Eagles, a team that I despise, found themselves a true franchise 10 to 15 year type of quarterback when he was the leading MVP candidate back in 2017. But so much has happened. Got hurt that year in week 13 against the Rams after throwing, I think, four touchdowns and he got hurt running one in. Nick Foles steps in, wins the Super Bowl. They build a freaking statue, the Philly Philly statue, in front of the stadium, in front of the link. Carson Wentz has to see that every day he goes in. And then when he escapes the shadow of Nick Foles and Nick Foles goes to Jacksonville, the next year in 2020, Howie Roseman drafts Jalen Hurts with a 53rd overall pick, a top 60 pick, second round selection. Now, I don't think Carson Wentz ever recovered from that. I think Carson Wentz had some resentment towards Doug Peterson. There are reports coming out now that they hadn't talked for weeks, which is such a toxic situation. Then that Jalen Hurts pick, how can Wentz look at that and say, you're trying to build around me? Even though, back in June of 2019, they gave him a big contract. And Howie Roseman made that famous comment after selecting Jalen Hurts that he wants to be a quarterback factory. And we saw just between the ears what happened to Wentz in 2020. Just could never put it together. His mechanics just went out the door. His footwork, his accuracy. So much about playing quarterback that he showed early on in his career just went out the door. I think a lot of it was mental. I really do. Ended up throwing for just over 2,600 yards, 16 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. Ended up getting benched for Jalen Hurts down the stretch of the season. And yes, his offensive line was very old. It was very beat up. Carson Wentz was sacked 50 times in 2020. That's well more than any other year. 2019, he was sacked 37 times. And that was when we were talking about, wow, Carson Wentz has nothing around him because all the skill position guys ended up getting hurt or they were old. He was throwing to guys like Greg Ward, who I think is a better receiver than people give him credit for. But in that 2019 season, he threw for over 4,000 yards, had 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, went to the playoffs, represented the NFC East. We remember this. But Philadelphia didn't feel as confident. And Carson Wentz, He did his best Michael Jordan and said, you know what? And I took that personally. And he did take that personally. And his play really, really suffered. So the Eagles had to find a way to get away from Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz had to find a way to get away from the Eagles. For the Eagles, it was getting out of that contract. And yes, the Eagles right now, they have to absorb a $33.8 million dead cap for 2021. That's the largest dead cap in NFL history. But they got out of this four-year, $128 million extension. That's going through 2024. And it's on the Colts now. The Colts have to absorb that. But I don't think it looks as bad when you really consider how the Colts manufactured this trade and what the money ends up looking like for the Colts. And we're going to go over the Colts in a little bit, but I want to talk about the Eagles just a little bit more. Because where are they going right now? You have Jalen Hurts who is essentially getting thrown to the wolves. Now, I say that, but I think you could also look at this from the perspective that Jalen Hurts is a winner in this trade because now he doesn't have Carson Wentz behind him, and this is ostensibly his team as of right now. That could change. Eagles are holding the sixth pick 
in this draft. Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State. Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State, who we only saw in one game in 2020 because I didn't play all that much against Central Arkansas. And I watched that game, and it was not pretty. His accuracy was horrendous, Trey Lance's, in that game. It also didn't help that one of his guys dropped the touchdown pass. But then you see him run, and you're like, oh, I see the appeal. And then you go back to his 2019 tape, and you really see the appeal because the ball comes out of his hand with a ton of zip, a ton of velocity. He had a lot of accuracy in that season. But he does have a really long windup. But that's neither here nor there right now. So what are the Eagles going to do? Jalen Hurts has an old, beat-up offensive line. They drafted Andre Dillard out of Washington State, left tackle towards ACL. This season did not play. Can he step in? Can he be the guy? That is a question. You have one of the best right tackles in the league in Lane Johnson. And you have an older Jason Kelsey. You still have Brandon Brooks, who's an absolute stud at guard. You play Isaac Ciamalo at the other guard position. But it's older. They haven't been playing as well. They've been beat up. They've been injured. Skilled position players. You drafted Jalen Reger at a TCU last year. Didn't do all that much in 2020. Was beat up a lot of the time, to be fair. And you have the kid from Old Dominion, Travis Fulgham, kind of come out of nowhere. Seems like he's going to be a good player. They just released Deshaun Jackson. So you're losing that speed component. Still have Greg Ward. Zach Ertz doesn't seem like he's going to be on the team much longer. And then you have Dallas Goddard. So the offense is old, it's injured, it's beat up, and they lack dynamic playmakers at the skilled position players outside of running back Miles Sanders, who tends to get beat up a little bit and was heavily underutilized by Doug Peterson. So what you're hoping, if you're an Eagles fan, is that Nick Sirianni, new head coach, former Colts offensive coordinator, is going to come in establish the run, and use Miles Sanders as a receiver a little bit more than what Doug Peterson was willing to do. Because there were times that Doug Peterson wouldn't even be down by that much, and he would just stray away from the run. It was, it was incomprehensible, to be honest. So that's what you're hoping. But Jalen Hurts, it, this, it's not a great situation. It really isn't. Yes, you're one of 32 starting quarterbacks as of right now. Still not a great situation for him. And that's That's to say Howie Roseman doesn't go out and draft a quarterback in that top 10, or maybe even the second round. I think they can go in many different directions. I think the only thing that the Eagles really don't necessarily need to upgrade right now is their interior defensive line, because they have Javon Hargrave. They have Fletcher Cox. They just signed Hargrave recently. They have some solid edge rushers. Derek Barnett was a first-round pick out of Tennessee who's flashed, really, really could bend, could still kind of expand his game a little bit more. You have Josh Sweat, kid out of Florida State that drafted in the fourth round who had a lot of injury issues, but when he gets to play, he shows a lot of burst. And you're going to have a different defensive coordinator this year because Jim Schwartz retired. It's a totally different coaching staff for the most part. It's a lot of change. And we all saw, and if you didn't, Nick Sirianni's press conference was... Uh, not great in terms of communication. Doesn't mean he's going to be a terrible coach, but it's not a great start in Philadelphia. He stumbled and fumbled over his words quite a bit. So it doesn't seem like the Eagles situation is is going to be advantageous for anybody involved, including the quarterback position, which is awesome for Giants fans. It really is. But now they have to eat that dead cap. 2021 is basically a punt type of year. So it seems fair to say is Hurts going to get a fair shot with... Uh, the way this season may transpire. 
especially being a younger quarterback. But if he does end up playing well, that's going to end up being a steal for them. We'll have to wait and see what ends up happening. Looking at this holistically for the Eagles, you got to say, look, you spent a lot of draft capital to go up and get Carson Wentz. You made two trades, two trades to get from 13 to 8 and then from 8 to 2. And those trades included future first rounder, four other draft picks, Kiko Alonso, Byron Maxwell, they were thrown into that. Then you also re-signed this player to a $128 million extension. And now you're getting rid of him on terrible terms. And you're selling him incredibly low. I mean, Matt Stafford, who's four years older than Wentz, just cost two ones and a 26-year-old quarterback who's been to a Super Bowl. And the Eagles get a three and a two, possibly a one, but the Colts can maneuver that if they choose, depending on how Wentz plays, of course. If Wentz plays like 2020, then they're going to maneuver it. If not, then they might get that first-round pick, depending on if Wentz gets injured or not. So you got to look at the Eagles. You say, yes, they got out of the contract. They needed to part ways, but it's not a great look. It's not excellent to trade a 28-year-old quarterback who should be in his prime at his lowest for that type of return. You get away from the contract, which you have to consider, but still, not a great situation. But before we get into the Colts situation and how this impacts them and what I think of their side of the trade, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I like what the Colts did here. I really do. I think it's a savvy, high upside type of move to bring Wentz and Reich back together. Wentz played two seasons with Reich, his rookie year and 2017 before he got injured, and he played significantly better with Frank Reich, especially when you consider the fact that he was a rookie and a young player learning the ropes of the NFL under Reich. So Indianapolis is able to get this 28-year-old player who had an MVP season with their head coach, who was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. They don't even have to give up an upfront first round type of selection for this you gotta look at it from the standpoint too yeah they have to take on the contract of Carson Wentz which he's dealt an average of 24.5 million dollars over the next four seasons 
That doesn't look great, but the guaranteed money stops after 2022. This seems like a huge commitment, but it kind of isn't because in the worst case scenario for the Colts, they can just release Wentz after 2022 and they would have already paid him $23.7 million over those previous two seasons of guaranteed money. They can kind of get away from him. No future cap hits if Wentz is struggling. It's a pretty relatively low risk type of deal for the Colts. And you can also think, like I said before, 2021, he's playing like 2020 Carson Wentz and he's struggling. The Colts can just bench him towards the end of the year. Don't have him hit that 75% snap share. And then Philadelphia just ends up with their second round pick. And Indianapolis doesn't have to give up their first. It's not as egregious when you look at how the Colts can, A, avoid giving up that pick, because they're not going to care about that pick if Carson Wentz and the Colts are winning. If the Colts are winning, they're going to end up going to the playoffs, and that first-round pick's going to end up being in the 20s anyways, a later first-round pick. So it makes sense from that standpoint, and the fact that the Colts can get out of this contract after 2022 if it is not working out with relatively cap obligations towards Carson Wentz. I mean, that's that's a win right there. It really is. And another winner in this is obviously Carson Wentz, who gets to go to a stable situation in the Colts, a team that just went to the playoffs, a team that just had Phillip Rivers throw for over 4,000 yards with a 24-11 and 11 touchdown interception ratio. I mean, I really like what Jonathan Taylor can do with a mobile Carson Wentz on these zone read type of plays. I, th- I think it could be really, really interesting to see what the one-cut ability of Jonathan Taylor can do with Carson Wentz, a mobile quarterback, as his quarterback, and that threat from the backside. Because obviously, Phillip Rivers had absolutely no mobility to ever threat anybody with his legs. But Carson Wentz joins this team that has this really good offensive line. And yes, Anthony Costanzo, left tackle, did retire. So that is somewhat of an issue that the Colts will have to address in free agency or through the draft, possibly. But they still have Quentin Nelson. They still have Brendan Smith. They still have Lewinsky. They have a good foundational offensive line. They have Ryan Kelly as well at center. So you have to love that. You know Carson Wentz won't be dropping back 40, 45 times throwing the football around, especially not with the defense that the Colts have. Another plus. So Carson Wentz comes out a winner in this, and the Colts come out a winner. Look, Frank Wright gets this guy. If it doesn't work out, he buys him on the cheap, and he can get out of the contract relatively easily after two years. Chris Ballard gets his guy as well. It's a high upside swing. Carson Wentz, what he has shown in the NFL already, is far superior than anybody else they were going to be able to get. And if they brought in someone young, it would have been learning curve. And it's not like Carson Wentz and Frank Reich don't already have a great relationship. They're very, very close. So I really like what the Colts was able to do here. I think it was a smart move. I think it was a low-risk move, and I think that you bought him on the cheap. So if it doesn't work out, it's not like you gave up a bunch of first-round picks like the Rams did for Matt Stafford. So good for the Colts in that situation. And the Eagles, you know, they're going to have to rebuild and get their situation back to something of stability, which may take a little bit, to be honest. But that's my thoughts on this trade. I think the... Sam Darnold situation now gets a little bit more interesting in the sense that the Colts are just removed from it. I personally don't think that Sam Darnold's trade value takes a dip here. Carson Wentz had this contract. 
Okay? I think the Colts having Reich in place gave them the warm and fuzzy to make this deal. And they bought really, really low on someone who could hit high. But as far as Sam Darnold goes, he's still on his rookie deal. I don't I didn't necessarily think he was gonna fetch multiple ones or anything like that. I think that was, you know, entirely too aggressive. So I still think the Bears are in play. The 49ers could be in play. I still think there's going to be a, a lot of quarterback movement. It's going to be interesting, especially with the quarterbacks coming in the draft. Where are they going to go? We know Carolina is really in the quarterback market. They heavily pursued Matt Stafford. So they want to upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater as well. But as far as Sam Darnold goes, yes, the Colts are now taken away. They have their quarterback, so you got to take them off the table. But if the Jets are going to ship him out, I still think they're going to be looking for two, which they still probably will be able to get. And I think that's what the market for Sam Darnold always kind of was, a two and maybe a four or a two and a five, something along those lines. So other than the fact that the Colts are off the market, I don't think this is a huge loss for the Jets and Sam Darnold. In other NFL news, Deshaun Jackson was released. We mentioned that a little bit. And a bunch of other veterans were released, and I said that this is probably going to happen a little bit more than usual, even though it tends to happen anyways. But the cap is going to be lower. It was $198 million last year. It's going to be at the minimum right now, which was discussed this week by the NFL. Minimum is going to be at $180 million. Talks continue. It hasn't been set yet, but the cap raised from $175 minimum to $180 minimum this past week, and that is important. But still, veterans are getting released all around the NFL. The Falcons released Ricardo Allen, safety, Allen Bailey, defensive end, saved about $11 million in cap space. Packers released veteran tackle Ricky Wagner, veteran linebacker Christian Kirksey. They saved about $10 million in cap space. And we saw the Panthers also release Kawan Short earlier this week, Trey Boston, two guys that Dave Gettleman has a history with. Doesn't necessarily mean Dave Gettleman will pursue them. I think Kawan Short and Dalvin Tomlinson are two different types of defensive linemen, but Dalvin Tomlinson doesn't come back to the New York Giants. We'll get him and be tempted to pursue somebody that he drafted in the second round, Kawan Short. Something that could possibly happen. It would be on a reduced deal. Short has had injury issues throughout his career. And then there's Trey Boston. I think the Giants are set at the safety position right now. But yeah, this trade, it was definitely interesting. The Eagles lose out on Someone they spent the second overall pick on just in a few short years ago. It's crazy to think because Jared Goff and Carson Wentz in this offseason were both traded. The number one and number two pick of that 2016 NFL draft. Alrighty, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Falado on Football. Please rate, subscribe, and review this podcast wherever you guys digest podcasts. I'm the host, Nicholas Falado. Enjoy our content at Big Blue View. Listen to us on the Chris and Joe show. I've been joining them every week. It's been a lot of fun. And please check us out. Everybody, have a great one. Take care of yourselves. Be well.